This episode is powered by Safety FM. Welcome to the Safety Consultant Podcast. I'm your host, Sheldon Primus. This is the podcast where I teach you the business of being a safety consultant. We talk about OSHA compliance, get you on record with some of the stuff that I believe in safety and health and how we could make our job better, make more sense for the people who have to follow our rules. All right, well, I will come on. (laughs) Oh, man. So how is everybody today? that I did with a live streaming. I used to do a lot of live streaming and I kind of backed off because of scheduling and and traveling, quite honestly, being on the road all the time. Sometimes I don't have the background and all the other stuff you need for a good uh, show. <laughs> so honestly, I have not uh, been as consistent as I would like to be. And actually, it's been over a year. <laughs> I feel like just so terrible even saying that. So I am sorry. But I am getting the bug again. So just to, just to let you know, I'm starting to think about it. What that looks like is me actually going out there and uh, honestly just, just really making it where I am going to do an episode live me recording it and you guys could see it on uh, the Facebook group you could see it on LinkedIn and I'll do uh, the extended version on safetyconsultant.tv so safetyconsultant.tv alright so thank you to all the countries listening so US Finland, and this is in order. U.S., Finland, Austria, Hong Kong, U.K., Italy, Croatia, and Hungary. So that's the top eight. That's all I got on this chart, actually. Thank you. That's awesome. You guys rock. So what I have today is we're going to be talking to Jim Posel of Safety Wars. He's a feral fellow broadcaster as myself and podcaster. And you'll hear both of us on Safety FM. I have to give you guys a couple of disclaimers. One is the audio quality is not up to where it normally is. Uh, I was literally in um, an Airbnb uh, when we're doing this uh, episode and it was no kind of sound studio or anything. It was just loud and uh, reverberating around this empty room, basically. It's one of the things I found about these Airbnbs. Honestly, the room, uh, it's like some people are just trying to get the quick bucks. They're not spending the time to really make it homely anymore. Anyway, that's my other rant. <laughs> it's, it's like, please... You know, you want to have people over. 
You might as well make it look kind of good, right? Please. So anyway, uh, so the audio quality is uh, you know, just bear with me on the audio quality. So I'll let you know that. However, the information though, we get really, really like uh, in rapid fire sequence because it's not a long interview at all. But we started talking about the International Conference of Climate Change and different uh, philosophies and guests that uh, Jim had on his show regarding climate change. Uh, we talked about uh, the global financial crisis, uh, a little bit about sovereign immunity and how uh, the numbers that we're even looking at for data for injury and illnesses is skewed because there's hidden data. There's a whole bunch of people who aren't counted in the data for illness and injuries on OSHA's site and a few others. So we talked a little bit about that, uh, talked somewhat about uh, the general duty clause for the employer to take care of the employee regardless of if there's a standard or not talked about some things happening where you know one of the thoughts that came out of not having uh, uh, state OSHA plans which would leave some workers not being counted for injuries and illnesses it also leaves those workers not protected uh, so the only person that's watching them is their employer not always a good thing to do and I have a lot of cities and counties as my clients and I'll tell you, it is not always pretty. So uh, that's why we, we got on that conversation. So I honestly would believe that if you are anyone who's um, likes to hear both sides of the story as far as um, making sure that you know each side keeps each other honest, um, info wars that you may have heard uh, in the past, now we've got our version of it called Safety Wars, and that's uh, hosted by Jim Pozel, and he's going to be coming on. So again, we apologize to quality, but the quantity and the the information given is just great. And uh, when I come back after this, I'm going to just wrap it up slightly, and then send you on your way. All right, listen to Jim and myself. Uh, for those of you that's watching this on Safety FM TV, yes, he's literally at a baseball field. He does the play-by-play -play for his uh, his son's baseball team, so I caught him um, at the field. So, yeah, those of you on SafetyConsultant.tv, you're seeing this interview, and you can see even more hilarity in the background. Those of you that are listening, you'll be hearing the baseball field. So, again, excuse the audio, but we got you with the good information. All right, so I'll see you back right after the interview. All right. I am live with Jim Pozel of Safety Wars. I know I haven't done a live in, like, forever. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been too long, man. Too it's, long. It has been too long. I really, really miss doing live. And I've been talking about it with my wife for like a little while. And I'm like, I'm bringing you, Jim. I know when you get to your, your live show, you're, you're just loving it. Oh, uh, well, one of this is I do better live than I do pre-recorded. I do yeah. better live. It's, uh, at least I think I do better live. Uh, it's fun. 
Well, what it is is it's usually a monologue. So I do have interviews and stuff. Some I've had some very controversial figures on lately in the environmental movement. Uh, if you've been following, uh, Lord Monkton uh, was one of them, James Taylor for the Heartland Institute, and uh, a couple of other folks. So uh, those Hold are. All- I did not hear that. Um, fill me in backstory. So. Uh, down in Orlando in February, they had the International Conference on Climate Change. Um, and it was sponsored by the Heartland Institute out of Chicago. I've known those guys for a long time from my political days back in another, another life. So when they heard that we were doing uh, Safety Wars, they said, uh, why don't you come down and do your show right from the thing, do some interviews, what have you. So I ended up going down there and we did interviews. And uh, basically, uh, we all forget that there's a different side of the debate for global climate change. And they do have some legitimate uh, legitimate questions, legitimate criticisms, in my opinion. Uh, everyone knows where I go come down on this, and that is that there's climate change going on, uh, what the causes of it are, and what the, and everything else, the details are there, but it's primarily a land use issue, uh, in my opinion, at least, uh, because uh, so, for example, uh, during the last ice age, 80, the uh, New Jersey shoreline was around 80 to 90 miles out to sea, maybe 120, according to some people. And it's gotten higher. Climate has changed. We don't have any uh, no, we don't have any uh, uh, didn't have cars, factories, or emissions back then. So there's something else going on here. We had a couple of guests. One guest believes that the whole issue is geologic in nature. Uh, another guest uh, felt that with the uh, uh, energy uh, with electric cars has not been thought about or any of the electrical power grid stuff. Uh, so an alternative fuels has not been thought out well enough. Uh, one of the points was, according to him at least, uh, that we have, if we were going to go and create, put everybody on solar panels today, right? Mm-hmm. If we were to replace all our power with solar panels, you'd only have enough stuff to last 15 years. So it's really not sustainable. So the sustainability, uh, the sustainability issue, uh, that's not the solution, though, because that's not sustainable in that opinion. And yeah. we go into a little bit of that. I also had huh. on a financial expert, Murray Sabrin, professor wow. emeritus from Ramapo College, who, uh, complete disclosure, I used to work for him. And he ended up uh, being on for an hour talking about the global financial crisis. So, nice. And, and so uh, it's a good uh, thought-provoking stuff. Yeah, well, what it is is uh, the, uh, I'm sorry, I got phone going off here. Uh, what it is is, what's the safety war? I was on with Ian Puttick from uh, Coast to Coast AM. Uh, that's a syndicated show, 600 radio shows. I'm sorry, 600 radio stations, uh, three to six million listeners a week. Uh, and he had uh, the absolute East Palestine, Ohio, a train crash, a discussion on, on that back in February. And he had some follow up. And what's the safety work? Yeah, what is safety work? I didn't really have a good articulate answer. Safety work is essentially 
everything that is involved safety. It could be financial safety. It could be what we deal with, industrial safety, environmental safety. Uh, you name it. Uh, it. It is what it is. Yeah. Not everything. Uh, and they so, well, why do we call it a war? Right now, we have anywhere roughly 5,000 people, give or take, every year. We have 2.8 million injuries a year, give or take. And we know that all these injuries and deaths are underreported. We know that, for a fact. Yeah. Uh, because they don't include self-employed people. Uh, they don't include the, the workers that are literally working with no state OSHA plans. So, right. you know, where's all those numbers? They just disappear right. somewhere. They disappear. And we know that when the states report things, just like with the uniform uh, cr- uh, criminal reporting that they have uh, for the last 25, 30 years, uh, international, I forget what it's called, but anyway, those statistics are all self serving. Right, they're they're numbers, but they're all self-serving. So, how exactly are they good? Are they bad? Are they this? I don't know. I don't know what to do with them. So, that's more uh, fatalities than in uh, Afghanistan that we fought on our side, and a lot of the other wars. So, this is a war. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. and truly, like um, you're, you're seeing like uh, the the agencies that are going out there right now. Uh, like uh, right now, OSHA is getting really, really strong on compliance enforcement. Uh, you can look at that through their budget that they're getting really like there. So uh, you know that um, there's some people that think that there might be a war within uh, like a federal OSHA and the employer. And I've seen some people try to escape uh, that kind of um, confrontation by not having workers per se, but they're trying to 1099 everybody NEC. Right. So that might be, you know, that that whole thought process itself is honestly like you're uh it's it's like a it's almost like a game, you know, like like they're trying to games great gamesmanship. I know that the terminology you're using is more and uh and and in times honestly I feel like that especially with public servants that have no state OSHA plan. Someone's gotta fight for those people. <laughs> right. So, well one of my we had this discussion before offline uh with uh sovereign immunity. Big yes. issue for me, sovereign immunity. Big Hold issue. On. Tell everybody what that means. Well, it's basically where the government uh, is not responsible for anything that they do. And on the health and safety end and a lot of the environmental end, I don't think that that's right. Yeah, I don't. There's um, hold on. Let me give them a little more context too. So, with sovereign immunity, every company, every country, or every state, right. every federal government, uh, or even local government, they're called a sovereign. So, at that point, um, the taxpayers are paying to keep that sovereign established. And uh, if you were to be a city worker and you now had an incident that maybe was fatal, uh, at that case, now your family can only sue that entity, that sovereign, and for a certain dollar figure. So you have to, in the U.S., check your state. In, if they're uh, allowed, yeah, if to, they're allowed to even sue at all. That's true. If they're even allowed to sue at all, depending on the situation. So, for example. Um, a lot of these school shootings that are out there. My idea is to make public school teachers come under the purview of OSHA. Absolutely. Why? Now, why would that be? Well, 
at that point under the general duty clause, if the school is not doing what it's supposed to with uh, uh, security of that school, now you're going to be treating it like a regular employer. Why aren't you doing that? So, for example, you're a bodega owner from a convenience store in New York City where you're you're from, you know, my area. Born and raised. Right? I don't think they call them that anywhere else. Right? And, uh, and uh, you have these uh, bodegas. They have security. They don't have security there. Now, all of a sudden, the employer could be held liable under OSHA under the general duty clause. Same thing with crowd control. Uh, some large retailers were getting into that issue a couple of years ago. Uh, I mean, like 10 years ago. Things of that nature. We put these things under that uh, jurisdiction. Then they're forced to protect their uh, uh, workers, uh, their teachers, and by extension, everyone else is benefiting from this. The students yeah. and the contractors and everyone else that comes through here. A good example outside of the school violence uh, issue is in colonial. Colonia, New Jersey, uh, my hometown, a part of Woodbridge Township, where these high school was uh, has a lot of contamination on the inside of it, uh, PCBs and a whole bunch of other stuff. Well, guess what? They were dragging their feet, and when they were notified of this uh, uh, by accident, it was just a weird, strange sort of circumstances. And well, okay, well, we don't have to do anything there. Well, we're going to drag our feet. And people like me were like, look, why don't you give us the call? We could put together a system here, a plan. Of, well, no, we'll, no, no callbacks. And now they have egg on their face. And, you know, uh, I don't know. I mean, this an indoor, I used to do indoor air quality consulting uh, a lot. I've got that of it because there's a lot of fraud in the industry. I cannot keep it. I'll be yeah. quite up there. I can't compete with it. Yeah, and uh, truly, if you even try, uh, you know, the, the profit margin for them is, you know, it's ridiculous because they're not operating as an honest business in the first place, right? Uh, hey, let me go back hey, to Deb, the... Uh, hold on. Hey, Deb, I'm still here. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm in the parking lot. All right, hold on. Okay, I'll be right there. I'm sorry about that. We got the time. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, we we knew that that was coming. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know that's no, it's actually it. no. We're we're start, I'm very happy with Safety Consultant TV. It's a great idea uh, and everything. Uh, that's why I'm doing a lot of YouTube Live, Facebook Live, and we're going to be expanding that on uh, yeah. our channel and everything. And that's how I see what's going on here with yeah. everything. That's great, man. And I, um, man, I've, I've been thinking a lot about uh, some of the things that has been happening with, uh, with just safety as a general. It seems like we're, we're now uh, post pandemic, or at least I, I know there's it's always going to be with us, but uh, in, uh, in not the, as of May 11th. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> they, 
was a declaration. That's right. right. Uh, so, uh, so for um, let's say then for the declaration, say post pandemic, uh, you know, it's been one of those things where in safety, uh, there's been so many people now that their eyes are awakened as to us being that piece of the puzzle of the organization that uh, all of a sudden they didn't have the workers that they needed because workers had to go away because of a safety issue. And now we all of a sudden had to shine in those last few years. Uh, there's been burnout. There's been, you know, people with suicide rates gone up. There's been, uh, you know, all kinds of things that safety consultants stress-wise have been feeling. But then on the other side, we've actually seen more work coming, you know? So it's a well, it depends on it depends on where you are in this whole situation. What I'm finding is is that we've had to rebuild a lot of our reputation because what do they expect? Who do they expect to enforce all these pandemic restrictions? Uh, for example, Matt, it's the uh, safety professionals. All right, and that caused a, you're, when you're removing someone's agency for doing something or well, and doing something. Or you're forcing them, quote unquote, to do something, uh, there's going to be pushback. There's going to be. Yeah. And I found that with the way that these companies are managing that, a lot of them were not safety issues. This is not a, you could go back to my podcast, uh, Safety Wars, right? A lot of this stuff is not a safety issue. This is a human resources issue here, and they're treating it as a safety issue. Why to push it off all oh, the safety guy or the safety gal said to do X, Y, and Z? Well, okay, but they're giving us that policy to enforce. And when yeah. I, one of the things I said was, look, if you want me to enforce the policy, no problem. I have no problem. You're paying the bill, not an issue. All right, but you're going to have to give that to me in writing. Just give it to me in writing. And uh, some of the clients that I had would not give it to me in writing, and some would. So, on the ones that did give it to me in writing, I still had this client. Uh, because uh, you get into a situation where if you're throwing people out of the facility, now you become liable to uh, something. And that goes to all your fledgling safety consultants out there. Uh, you know, you could open yourself to some liability if you're getting rid of people without having a paper trail behind you uh, with that. Always and, need a paper trail. And, it's best coming from uh, like the frontline supervisor because honestly, if you're going to start penalizing and having uh, people think safety is the safety cop, then you're going to lose them. So uh, you could make um, like a recommendation that hey, this person needs <laughs> they they right. need that. they need to go, or it may be something that you might end up saying where. Uh, you know, from for our sake, that uh, we're going to tell you what the behavior has been. Once you see it again, as a frontline supervisor, you need to take right. action and let the frontline supervisor do it. Exactly. Safety. Exactly. So, uh, if you are given this, this is the other thing. You, if you're a consultant, you have to have somewhere in writing what you're doing. So, I have in all my contracts. I do not have the authority to hire, fire, or discipline someone until I get it in writing from you. Has, nice. You have to do it because what happens? You, you're, you end up in court. You end up wherever. I do not have the authority to do anything to 
person who has the authority is the frontline supervisor, is the CEO, this person, HR, what have you. And yeah. at that point, you're just reporting. Now, if they give me that authority, it better be in writing, and I'm going to be very judicious about going out and using it. I've never had, in 30-plus years, I've only had a problem with 11 people, and I've worked with tens of thousands of people over the years. Because I don't it. Hmm? That means 11. they made an impression enough that you know the number. <laughs> I know the number, and it was nine at one job site. Oh, okay. That makes it a little bit easier to, to do the math. <laughs> yeah. It was nine well, at one job site. And it was, uh, you know, and again, you have to make recommendations. When you're doing an incident investigation, one of the questions is, you know, we use the... Uh, Sam Kinison uh, line, right? You remember Sam Kinison with the yellow? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, how the bleep did you get this job, right? <laughs> you remember Jessica Hahn? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, how did you get this job? All right. But yeah. well, no, you don't say that now, but, you know, you want to inquire how the person came about the job, what their experiences are and everything else. And often with the really big injuries and everything that I've had to investigate, uh, on uh, that's been uh, one of the issues where nepotism they hire people who aren't qualified who uh, don't pass, would never pass a criminal background check ever for anything and you know uh, with that and uh, you know it's just a horrible situation yeah, yeah well I know you got a hard break and I have to make sure I keep you honest so <laughs> uh, you're you gonna know, have to- I- for the audience here, he had my home phone number. He called up my wife, and she answered the phone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is going to be great. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, All right. Uh, by, the way, my, my, uh, by the way, my wife, just to let you know how she is, she uh, told off Donald Trump right to his face. No, oh, wow. Yeah. So she's hardcore hardcore uh yeah she did he she was doing an event for him and he did something that you don't do with my wife ever you know what that was he Not was me. late he was late oh. <laughs> <laughs> you're talking a woman that when we were dating i used to have to send her an itinerary as to what we were going to do Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's so much for romance there. You can't. <laughs> She's got to know. <laughs> I don't know. She was the itinerary, what you're doing. That's great. Well, everybody, this is Jim Pozel, Safety Lore. You got us, both of us, on Safety FM. So thank you. Absolutely, was- Sheldon. And, uh, you know, we'll, uh, I'm sure we'll have a more lengthy discussion in the future. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, go enjoy. Go, uh, it looks like, what is that? Go A's? A's (laughs) Angels. Okay, this is a very rare hat in New York. You know that. Uh, Oh, yeah. Goodness, yes. My son's little league team. Oh, good. That doesn't doesn't happen. Uh, uh, No. On the East Coast, I said to my, where you got the, I said, when was the last time you saw one of these on the East Coast? Never. <laughs> Never. Yeah. Yeah, they can't do that. <laughs> All right, All right, Jim. Well, have a good rest of your day. Good catching up, bud. All right, buddy. Catch you later. Thanks. Welcome back. So glad that you stuck around so you could hear all that was being said. 
there was a, a nice uh, just time getting to talk to Jim again so really enjoyed that one so I hope you guys got something from it next week what we're going to do is I'm going to talk to you about five ways to have a safety side gig you know the side gigs the stuff that you don't want your bosses to know you kind of dip your toe into the safety and health uh, consulting side and then if you're ready you would have already kind of felt out how the waters would be and when you're ready to go full time it's not cold anymore so that is what we're calling a side gig so i'm going to show you guys five ways to start a safety side gig right now to help you with your business for long term later on so thank you so much for just hanging out with me and go get them this episode has been powered by safety fm The views and opinions expressed on this podcast or broadcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within the past hour are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast or broadcast may be reproduced, stored within a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic recording, or otherwise, without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast or broadcast, Sheldon Primus.